Sunday Night Showdown presents Quick Picks. The show is all about pay-per-view predictions. We cover TNA and the WWE and offer our own speculative booking. Let the quick tips begin. Guys, welcome to another edition of SNS Quick Picks, where tonight, 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 we bring you all the latest, our predictions, if you will, of the latest pay-per-view offering from TNA Wrestling. I'm talking, of course, about Destination X, airing tomorrow night, live on pay-per-view. Of course, we'll be covering it right here, SundayNightShowdown.com, as we always do. Uh, joining me in studio tonight, ladies and gentlemen, he is the worldwide phenomenon, self-proclaimed, I might add, uh, known around the world as Internet Dave. Your hero and mine, Mr. Kennedy is my, Mr. Anderson is my biggest fan, ready to rock and roll for the true Saturday night main event, SNS Quick Picks, Destination X edition. I actually think you had it right the first time. I think that Mr. Kennedy is your biggest fan, because I don't think Mr. Anderson is. Unfortunately, uh, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, not available tonight. He's got some stuff going on. Won't be joining us. Uh, possibly the Trey Dog may give us a call and give his picks as well. Uh, Boom Boom is out of town, so it uh, looks like tonight it's just myself and the worldwide phenomenon. And, of course, I am the Sunday Night Showstopper. You know me as Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexay. Again, guys, welcome to SNS Quick Picks. What a week I've had, Dave. Seriously, it, it, <laughs> it's been a hell of a week right here on this network that's not a network, the Island of Misfit Shows. The Island of Misfit Shows is the perfect name for this network that's not a network. But technically it is if you look on our page. That's true. Either way. Charles Shane, a webmaster, Esquire. Yeah, blame Charles. It's all his fucking fault, right? I liked my my design. I thought it was fine. Anyway, <laughs> um, moving on. So yeah, of course, guys, we've got a big pay per view tomorrow. Um, we've got Destination X, where it looks like they're going to be, uh, you know, kind of going with this whole X Division feel. And I'm actually looking forward to see what they can bring to the table. Uh, let's face it, TNA's always been known for its X Division, so it's going to be interesting to see exactly what goes down on this pay-per-view. Of course, we've got a World Heavyweight Championship match. AJ Styles will defend against the Monster Abyss. You know, Abyssomania's running wild, brother. brother. Hold, up, 
Brother, 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 brother. He's got the WrestleMania ring. Brother. The Hall of Fame ring, uh, kind of like Hercules with his ring, gave him all the power. Wait for it. Brother. That's my line. Anyway. Not anymore. <laughs> I have effectively stolen your fucking line. Okay, fine. Mr. Anderson is my biggest fan, no matter what anyone says. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're ready to rock and roll. Uh, it's been an interesting week in TNA Wrestling. Monday nights on TNA Wrestling, which is the important transition from from another pay-per-view to this one, where we haven't got a three-day countdown. We've been looking forward to this show for, well, <clears throat> as of tomorrow, it'll be six days. And watching TNA Wrestling not have great ratings on Mondays, but have... Pretty half decent ones on on Fridays. I got or on Thursdays. I got to tell you, it's been, it's, it's probably shocked Eric Bischoff and Dixie Carter and Hulk Hogan. But Jeff, it's a case where people think TNA Impact on Thursday nights. And I mean, really, when you think about it, you got two shows on Raw, uh, two so, excuse me, two shows on Monday. That being Raw and Impact. Then you've got NXT if you bother to pay attention to it, and then. SmackDown on Friday, so if you're not a big NXT ECW person, you're basically watching Raw on Monday, SmackDown on Friday, and having nothing in that week. So a lot of people probably said to themselves, you know what, I'm going to give TNA a shot, because Monday to Friday is a long time without wrestling, especially, what, 8, 10, 12 years ago, where there was wrestling on seven days a week, when you included the syndicated shows that no longer exist. But I think a lot of people are just like, Thursday is my night for... Uh, for re- I, I want to watch a wrestling show, TNA's on. Maybe I watch it right after Superstars on WGN America and, and check it out. So it it's the Monday night campaign isn't working as well as they thought. And like I said, that the biggest regret they're going to find is not taking that unopposed hour at 8 o'clock Eastern, 6 Mountain. And I think that'll be where they really decide what happens because... I mean, at this point, you don't want to immediately surrender the time slot. Uh, there's been a lot of times where network shows, NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox, they'll cancel a show after one or two episodes, even if seven or eight have been taped, because the initial ratings weren't good enough. But I don't think TNA wants to admit defeat on Spike that early. Well, no. I mean, obviously, they don't want to admit defeat, and, and they shouldn't. I think that, you know, we're only a couple weeks in for TNA on Monday nights, and I got to be honest. I think that it's kind of a refreshing show. I know that there are things that happen on the show that I wish weren't there. Like I'm not a big fan of the Nasty Boys. Obviously, Dave, quit breathing in the microphone. You're killing me. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. However, they do do a lot of things right, and it doesn't matter if they ever beat the WWE in the ratings. If they are looking to beat them in the ratings right now. That's the stupidest thing they could do. They need to focus on putting together the best product that they can and not worry about the ratings. Let Vince worry about the ratings. He's the one running around. With like a public a, company. Exactly, with a public company running around like, like a chicken with his head cut off, nervous as hell that TNA is running on Monday nights. Now, I am not a big fan of the fact that TNA is doing a half-assed job of going head-to-head with Monday Night Raw. If you're going to do the Monday Night Wars, God damn it, do the Monday Night Wars. Take it to them. Don't half-ass it and then decide, oh, well, we're going to replay Impact on Thursday. 
fuck that. If you want to, if you want to have ratings and you want success, like if you guys are willing to take this chance and do something on Monday nights, then fucking take the chance. Don't sit around and be like, well, you know, we'll just replay it on 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 Thursday, because I guarantee you, most of your audience is gonna be like, well, fuck it, I'll watch Raw, and I won't have to worry about flipping around. Well, at the same time, though, it's a case where. If you combine the two ratings for Monday and Thursday, it was a 1.6, which is better than what they were getting as a Thursday solo show, which was about a 1.2 or a 1.3. So, I mean, three or 400,000 extra viewers on average is, is a pretty solid decision. And, I mean, it's not like Spike has anything else better to do because normally, what, what do they have, CSI reruns, marathons, or, uh, or like we were talking about before, uh, <laughs> doing the the six Star Trek movies every Wednesday night. I mean, what was it going to be, Predator? I don't think Predator was going to draw 800,000 people, no matter how good Jesse Ventura was in it. But it's to me, it's a positive. It's at one more person today than it was yesterday. And if it's a slow progression, at least it's going forward instead of backward. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, I, I I disagree. I think that they're really hindering themselves. I know that they have a fan base on Thursday night that probably want to see them there. But again, a business standpoint, and Eric Bischoff uh, is a smart guy, and I'm sure that he's told Dixie Carter this is a bad move. If they are going to put all their eggs in one basket and try to compete on a Monday night, then replaying your show on Thursday night is just ridiculous. Uh, it just shows that you don't have confidence in your own product that you feel that you need to fall back on a Thursday night. And if that's the way that they're going to half-ass this, then it's going to fail, and they will be back on Thursday nights, and this Monday thing won't be long-term. Well, I think a lot of people's opinion had been that they weren't that, that the ultimate goal was not to defeat Raw and destroy WWE like WCW's goal was, but just to get people in that headspace that, one, there is an alternative... Two, you can flip the channel when Raw is in commercial and see what the other guys are doing because maybe something will will uh, give you extra notice. And three, wrestling is Monday nights is wrestling nights. So if people, is, I mean, there's no, it's no coincidence that ROH is on Monday. They could have an unopposed Wednesday night time slot. They could go two hours on Wednesdays, but they just choose not to because they know that Raw means. Wrestling is Monday, based on Raw being around for, what, 12 years. Monday Night Football, mon any kind of other Monday Night show that's exclusively to that night, be damned, because Raw has built Monday Nights to be wrestling, and people have wrestling on the brain, <coughs> That which is why SmackDown, being on Friday for the last five years, has been a horrible decision, because no matter how big of a wrestling fan you are, especially in the summer when they really have to come up with appealing things, nobody wants to be sitting at home watching wrestling on a Friday night when it's 70 or 80 degrees outside. It's It, it just isn't realistic. So Monday night is wrestling night. That's why ROH, TNA, and WWE choose to all run on the same night. And to me, it's it's the hours of the day rather than the uh, the day of the week. You know, I would agree with that point. I mean, you go back to Thursday nights, and yeah... Thursday has a, a history in professional wrestling, just like a, a Monday does. Uh, you know, you look back in the day when the uh, the wars between WCW and the WWF were were running pretty pretty heavy. You know, they debuted Thunder, and then as a counter move, 
WWE decided to uh, come up with SmackDown. And the thing that I liked about that back in the day was these weren't separated brands. This was one continuous company holding another show a second time in the week where storylines were furthered. It's different now because now we have two separate brands in the WWE. And I'm not a big fan of this brand split. I never have been and I never will be. And I just, I'm wondering, when are we going to see this brand split end? And when are we going to see possibly uh, SmackDown go back to Thursday nights? Hell, that's what Vince should do right now. If you're listening, McMahon, and I'm sure that somebody in corporate is listening to this show, rightfully so. And if you are listening, I'm going to give you a million dollar idea. Be sure you send that royalty check to JJ Sexay. I'm not hard to find. My idea is this. Go back to Thursday nights. My network TV is a joke. You need to go to the USA Network, talk to the head of programming there, and I'm sure if you made some sort of uh, offer to them to have SmackDown on Thursday nights on USA, it would help out USA's ratings on Thursday night, and it would be a win-win for everybody else. And hey, if TNA wants to run their replays... On Thursdays, well, they're competing against SmackDown. Isn't that a great idea in the spirit of competition? Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's a case where if you really want to destroy them, then destroy them. Because the thing is, the wrestlers would be available no matter what, and the wrestlers, I don't think, would really care if WWE picked them up because all they want is a paycheck. So it's a question of trying to destroy the company. Yeah, we demand competition. Is that a, a real reality for Vince McMahon? I don't know. I mean, do you really have a goal of destroying every other company that, that exists? Because that means that you're going to have even more dominance in the market. Honestly, I don't think, as we uh, focus more back here on onto the pay-per-view, I don't think there are a lot of TNA-exclusive fans. I, I can't think of anybody I know that watches TNA and has given up on WWE completely. So if you destroy TNA, you're not going to pick up an additional million or two million viewers like they did with World Championship Wrestling where people watch WCW exclusively because that was their preferred company. So to destroy them makes no sense, but to go back to Thursday because Friday is useless is is the, the correct method. Destination X is the pay-per-view. Of course, a few weeks ago we had heard, J.J., that X Division all matches were going to be the focus of this show, where it was going to be that that X Division showcase night. Obviously, that changed very, very quickly because they they discovered that they weren't going to have the time and they didn't have the, sta- the, the star power to build an exclusive X Division show, especially the week before Mania. And it seems to me that Destination X 2011 definitely has to be maybe instead of one week prior to WrestleMania, perhaps two to three weeks. Because as we uh, have chatted off air, the war between WrestleMania and the Ultimate Fighting Championship takes place next weekend. And when you think about Destination X, UFC, and WrestleMania, people only have so much money in their recreational pay-per-view budget and I don't think a lot of people have uh, saved a lot of cash for Destination X if they're going to get UFC and Mania within 24 hours of each other. 
Well, and that's a good point, but I'm pretty sure that Vince McMahon's not factoring in uh, the UFC. It's not really competition for him, and he said that many times before, uh, and it's it's really not. Well, I, I wouldn't say competition directly, but just the idea of if you've got 50 or I think it's $60, if, you, if, if a family or a, a group of friends have $60 to spend, and they can because they only have 60, they're going to get one show or the other, then on within 24 hours uh, a lot of people who may have chosen mania may instead choose the UFC show coming up being headlined by George St. Pierre instead of WrestleMania. I think a lot of WrestleMania loyalists will go with with Mania and <clears throat> will come up with $120 to spend on television over a 24-hour period. But to me, the the numbers aren't going to be that off. I I believe previous WrestleManias have had 1.1 or 1.2 million buys. I think last year was about 900 or 950. So if this year is 800 or 850, then they've got a, a lot to be worried about. Yeah, it's four times bigger than any other show of the year, but a, a perc- even a small percentage drop in, in buys, mainly based on UFC, is... Uh, is something to be concerned about, and I don't think Dana White uh, realized it was just a random coincidence that he scheduled his pay-per-view the night before WrestleMania. Well, yeah, but I mean, you bring up an interesting point, but I don't think it's as big a deal as you think. I mean, when you look at, uh, I mean, obviously the, the smart people aren't plopping down sixty or seventy bucks to watch a UFC event. Uh, more likely, they're going to their local bar or pub and catching it and paying considerably less. And enjoying the company of other people and, and a nice meal to boot. Uh, the same with even WrestleMania. Uh, you know, I know here in Calgary there are movie theaters that that show it. So I still don't see a lot of people here in Calgary or even you know worldwide where they do the movie theater uh, showings for pay per views. I still don't see them plucking down fifty bucks to watch this show. So I mean, there are people like us that are you know obviously having a group over and plopping down our money and paying for the show. But I don't think that's really the issue. And like I said, I really don't think, in the grand scheme of things, uh, the UFC really hinders anything. Obviously, a lot of old-school wrestling fans have migrated to UFC and left the childish uh, and storyline-riddled WWE behind them and have maybe moved on. In that respect, yeah, UFC has done some damage to uh, professional wrestling, but I don't see that as being anything that's really going to mess up the buy rates for WrestleMania. If anything is going to mess up the buy rates for WrestleMania, it's how unentertaining or how unspectacular uh, the WrestleMania card is just you know, a week away. There's really not much to offer uh, this year for WrestleMania. We're seeing Shawn Michaels' Undertaker 2, which I don't see how they're gonna they're gonna top what they did last year. I just don't. Uh, we've got a Money in the Bank match that we don't even know if there's nine, ten, eight. Nobody seems to know what's going on here. There was uh, something that circulated this week saying Drew was getting pulled from the match and it was going back to eight. I'm hearing rumors now that they're going to go to ten. It's ridiculous. We don't even. We're a week away, ladies and gentlemen, and we don't even know what the fuck is going on with the WrestleMania card. And that—that's a travesty. That is an absolute travesty. I mean, Sean Taker would be fine. Brett Vince. I'm really worried for Bret Hart's health, to be quite honest. You know, I. It wouldn't surprise me if something bad happened to Brett and he had another stroke in the ring, and I don't want to see that. Uh, Cena Batista might be pretty good. 
Edge Jericho, I'm uncertain of. I'm sure they'll put on a good match, but I just don't have confidence in Edge as a face. I really don't. I think Punk and Mysterio will deliver. But this is a very lackluster card, in my mind. You've got a tag team division built around mid-carders that you're putting together as a tag team when you've got certifiable tag teams that aren't even on the card for WrestleMania. And that kind of bothers me. But we can talk about this later. I mean, we're at, we should be talking about Destination X. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Um, so let's actually bring that card up okay. for Destination X. You know, it's funny. I go to uh, Wikipedia for the Destination X card because if you go to TNA's official w Destination X website, they have a video package and a graphic and no card listing. I find it interesting here. Um, this is what a wrestling pay-per-view uh, definition is from Wikipedia, Jeff. Destination X will feature an undetermined number of professional wrestling matches that will involve different wrestlers from pre-existing scripted feuds and storylines. Wrestlers will be portrayed as villains, heroes, or less distinguishable characters in the scripted events that build tension and culminate into a wrestling match or series of matches. Bravo! Bravo! That is an excellent recap. Bravo! Who wrote that shit? <laughs> Who the hell knows? Give that guy a rubber fucking tortilla. <coughs> Bravo! A rubber tortilla? That's right. Let him choke on a rubber fucking tortilla. Oh, boy. So that's apparently what a wrestling match is, uh, is all about. Wow, I'm glad that Wikipedia nailed it. I mean, good job. Or a wrestling... I should say that's what a wrestling pay-per-view is all about. All right, well, um, when it comes to the X Division... And it comes to showcasing the X Division. Obviously, a first match is going to be important. So it likely, because they have nine matches on the card and don't want to use pay-per-view time for construction of the X, uh, that the Ultimate X will probably get us started. And Generation Me, Max and Jeremy, will face the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. The winner becomes the number one contenders to the World Tag Team t Championships. And a lot of pressure for Generation Me. We've only seen them three or four times. I imagine these guys have been practicing and, and working on what they're going to be doing. But this is kind of a make it or break it for for Generation Me, I think. You know, I think Generation Me are going to do fine. Uh, obviously, they're in the big time now. Uh, we, we've seen them do, you know, some things on TNA, on TV. You know, the former Young Bucks are a standout tag team. They've got a lot of talent. They're young. They're hungry. And I think putting them with the motor, the, the, the motor city machine guns is a good move, quite frankly. Yeah, I think teaming them together in, in this four-man contest for the Ultimate X is a great idea. I'm just interested to see how they do. I mean, I'm, I mean if they're in ROH, that means that they've got solid skills and, and are solid performers. It'll be a pay-per-view showcase, and we'll see how they do, and it'll be quite interesting to find out. But, yeah, uh, well, what's your prediction? Uh, my prediction for the Motor City Machine Guns and Generation Me, I would like to see the Machine Guns win here. I really, really would because they have been buried in TNA for far too long, and it would be nice to see them get the push that they deserve because they both worked their ass off. And I think they deserve it. But I'm going to be real honest here. I see Generation Me going over them. They've already beaten them once. Wow. I think they're going to do it again. Based on the promo that I saw on Impact this past week, uh, Generation Me 
were completely put down by the Motor City Machine Guns and told it was a fluke victory. And I just think, based upon certain elements and the... I'm just going to go with Generation Me. I think that they've got this. They're going to find a way, and they're going to overcome the Motor City Machine Guns. That's my pick. Well, you know what? For my quick pick, I'm going to take the opposite. I'm going to take Saban and Shelley simply because they've never won the TNA Tag Team Championships. Both of them have been X-Division champion on several occasions. This will give them an opportunity to finally get up into the upper echelon of teams because right now we don't really know who the upper echelon of teams are to this point. So it'll give them uh, a direction because really since Hogan and Bischoff showed up, they haven't had a direction. So this gets them out of the unknown while Generation Me can just wait for their opportunity to get out of the unknown. When it comes to a tag team match for the World Tag Team Championships, it's... Well, hold on, hold on. We, oh, we, I'm sorry, yes. We, we actually do have picks from Mark the Shark DiCarlo. Right. Um, his pick for Generation Me versus the Motor City Machine Guns. In uh, four little initials, MCMG, he has picked the Motor City Machine Guns to go over Generation Me. So you guys are both in agreement that the Motor City Machine Guns go over Generation Me and become the number one contender uh, to the Tag Team Championship. And I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to go ahead and pick Generation Me. So we're already starting off to a good start. Two against one. And I'm going to be right, damn it. <laughs> oh, it's true. Well, we move on to the actual World Tag Team Championship match. Beer Money, Robert Roode and James Storm against Matt Morgan and Hernandez. And from a certain... Hernandai. My apologies. And from a certain perspective, you would think Hernandai could <laughs> could be outnumbered 3-1 to one in this case. You know, you would think that. And, and, I mean, I would have to say the smart money would be that Matt Morgan and Hernandai split up. The tag titles go to the uh, to Beer Money. But I, I'm, I'm really on the fence on this one. I think they could really drag this out another month. I really do, but I guess I'll go ahead and go first on this one. I'm gonna say no. Fuck it, Dave. You go first. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Robert Roode and James Storm to to win these championships. They had a really good promo, I think, three or four weeks ago about how they've been together for two years, and they're the most unified team of all the teams that there are, and that they've concentrated specifically on tag team gold for the last two years. They've never split off to try to win individual titles, and that, that gives them a lot of integrity in the division, which I completely agree with. Um, to me, the the teaming of Hernandez and, and Matt Morgan has been kind of... Hernandai. Hernandai has been kind of stunted and off from the very beginning. Thank you. You're welcome. And it's a case where Matt Morgan just isn't a good babyface. He's just not. I mean, he had his war with Abyss where he was a, a hardcore heel, and... and He's trying to be that again. I think he's getting that sense that he's not comfortable, and I think other people think he's not comfortable. So it just makes sense to flip him over again because he's very individualistic, and it just doesn't seem to work with him <laughs> and any kind of partner in any situation. Unless unless he had a twin brother, I don't think he could really be a member of a team. So look for... Uh, Hernandez to try Hernandai to try as hard as he can and and Matt Morgan to work with the now heelish side of of Beer Money and Beer Money deservedly being the champions. 
Now let me see. We'll go to Mark the Shark to Carlos picks before I do mine. Um, in this match, Matt Morgan and I versus Beer Money. He has chosen Beer Money, which I think is the logical choice. Um, so now we get down to me. I, I'm also going to pick Beer Money. But this is what I see happening in this match. I think Matt Morgan will have a strong showing in this match. He will probably try to, to do the match himself for a bit. He'll tag in Hernandai, and uh, Hernandai will do pretty good. And then Matt Morgan will just walk away, ladies and gentlemen. I think he's just going to walk away and let it be a two-on-one situation, and the numbers are going to catch up with Hernandai. Morgan's gone, and your new tag team champions, Beer Money, win with the DWI and become the new World Tag Team Champions. That's the way I see it. This also leads to, obviously, at lockdown, a feud between Hernandai and Matt Morgan, which I think is the way we should go. I mean, I am digging Matt Morgan as a heel. I don't like him as a face. He should never be a face. I think that if they pushed this kid properly and really worked with him, that uh, he could be a dominant fixture in their ranks and possibly a future world heavyweight champion. I think he's got a ways to go before he'll get to that point. But I think his charisma is starting to take off a little bit. I mean, he's got a great catchphrase. He is the, the DNA of TNA, um, the you know, the blueprint for the perfect wrestler, Matt Morgan. And like I said, bottom line, Hernandai and Matt Morgan are done after this pay-per-view as the tag team champions. And we put those straps on an actual tag team and James Storm and Robert Roode beer money. Yeah, it was actually kind of a ragtag type of connection that brought them together to begin with. So... It just makes sense to, to flip him back. Maybe the writers have realized that that after uh, flipping him that it just didn't work, so they're going to flip Matt Morgan back to where he belongs. You know, you talk about the blueprint for a perfect wrestler. I would agree with that up to a point. Maybe if he was four or five inches shorter, he'd be like the blueprint for a perfect wrestler. To me, he's just too tall, too big, and... Uh, and in in a strange way, too tall to be the perfect wrestler. I mean, I don't know who you could say the perfect wrestler is. Could you say the physique of a perfect wrestler? Could you say it was Rock? Could you say it was Triple H? Could you say it was Hogan or or uh, Bruno Sammartino or somebody like that? I think Morgan's got got the skills and and the physique. But if if we're talking about the perfect wrestler in quotes, maybe three or four inches shorter. But I mean, the guy would. I'd be staring up at him and because he'd be about a foot taller than me, and and uh, he's a lot closer to the perfect wrestler physique than I am. But that's just a small nitpick on my part. Now, now, see, I don't understand that at all, and I've actually stood face to chest with Matt Morgan. <laughs> you mean face to belly button, don't you? No, he he's not that tall. Oh, okay, uh, you know, I'm I'm six one, bordering on six two, and you know, I I literally. Uh, when I met him face-to-face, I was, like, literally in his chest. And, I mean, he's, he's a nice guy, but he's very intimidating. And and so I don't understand why you'd think he'd need to be shorter. If anything, I think I'm talking about the perfect wrestler in quotes kind of scenario. But, like I said, that's just a little tiny idea. But Well, and see, I don't get that, though. What I'm saying is um, I, think he's, <laughs> I think he's small. I think he needs to be uh, muscular. I think he needs to be a lot bigger than he is. I just, I think he is, I seriously do, I think he's scrawny for how tall he is. I think he needs to have a little more weight on him. Uh, But, again, he's a big guy, and professional wrestlers 
the big guys always get pushed to the moon. I mean, you look at it. I mean, Hogan was what six eight in his prime, you know, before he lost all his uh, his size. Okay, that's what they build him as a six eight. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> he's only about what six four, I would say, isn't he? Or? He's probably about six five or six six. Oh, okay. You know, Kevin Nash is like you know seven feet tall. Not that he's the perfect wrestler, no, but he's a big guy and he knows how to work that. And I think Matt Morgan could be effective if he's used in that light. He could be. Uh, you know, a modern day version of Kevin Nash. True. Uh, Josh Pedra is six five. I think he might be the tallest listener of Sunday Night Show now. No, I don't think so. I think there's there's bigger fuckers out there than that. Oh really? Well, Clevitz is what six seven. He's got to be about Clevitz that. Clevitz is is damn near seven feet tall. I know. Oh, he, he is not. Oh, he fucking is. He's at least six eight. He's close enough. Well, how big was Jody? Six ten. Because we know he's listening. I'm pretty sure that uh, that JSK nine or ten, I think JSK was about six nine or six ten. That dude was huge too. <laughs> like if you were to put him and Clevitz like face to face, that would be an awe inspiring encounter. I mean, it'd be like a WrestleMania with those two <laughs> big fuckers. I'm telling you, Kane versus or uh, Undertaker versus Undertaker, yeah, pretty close to it. Well, you know what? Two guys who are not nearly the size of Matt Morgan will uh, compete for the X Division Championship, and that is the champion, Doug Williams, from the, as I correctly predicted, death of world elite as soon as Hogan and Bischoff showed up. Brother! Exactly. Against, apparently, the number one contender who just showed up and beat people, and even though he was getting jobbed out every time we saw him in TNA the last time, and every time we saw him in WWE, Shannon Moore, uh, formerly of Three Count, and <laughs> I think his Three Count mate, Sugar Shane, is going to be joining him in about 83 days. But Doug Williams and Shannon Moore for the X Division Championship in the second showcase match. You mean the MFR, Shannon Moore? The MFR, absolutely. That's right, that little MFR, which was probably my favorite gimmick for him, the little MFR that followed Matt around. It's funny, I have a little brother named Matt, and he used to, like, piss me off all the time, and he'd start mouthing off. <laughs> and I, I would literally look at him Who and say... Who doesn't piss you off lately? Uh, everybody anyway. pisses me off. Exactly. But uh, he used to piss me off, and I would just look at him and be like, don't you fucking bring your mattitude to me. <laughs> he never got it, but uh, it pissed him off, too, so it was all good. Wasn't he a wrestling fan? Uh, no, he's not. Oh, okay. No, unfortunately, I think I'm a, I'm a dying breed in my family. Well, if you ever play an online poker against uh, somebody called Mattitude, that's a friend of mine. So, say hi from yeah, the worldwide I, phenomenon. I've I've met Mattitude. Yes, you have several times. Yes. Yes, exactly. And uh, he is in a different province nowadays, but I know he's listening tonight as well. Uh, Shannon Moore and Doug Williams love Shannon Moore in the old days. Uh, I don't know about the mohawk and the uh, face paint, but Doug Williams is a solid wrestler. He's he's bland as toast, just like any British wrestler really is, except for William Regal. And that's... You know, when I think about the British invasion, I think about the Hart Dynasty. Because if Brutus Magnus never opened his mouth, which he does, but if he never did, they would be Tyson Kidd and D.H. Smith. They... they blind... blind Blonde and bland personalities, and maybe blind, and <clears throat> just a case where they 
can wrestle like nobody's business, but they don't attract people and they don't keep people's attention by their overall attitude and their overall characters. And that's what I've said about DH and, and T, well, TJ Wilson, uh, Tyson Kidd for a long time, is when Matt Stryker is saying twice a match every Friday night for six months, the final graduate of the Hart family dungeon, the daughter of the anvil, the the uh, the son of the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, and that's your only attribute for six months. That's a problem, and it's the same thing with the British Invasion. I thought the World Elite thing worked until they decided to ruin it and <clears throat> put Eric Young with Kevin Nash, which we'll get to later on at a future match, which could be another shit show. But to me, the British Invasion, if if it wasn't for Brutus Magnus talking, would just be as bland to me right now as bland as DH and and Tyson Kidd are, and Rob Terry, which we'll get to later, <laughs> is a horrible, horrible wrestler. You're bad and we'll, segues, we'll, aren't you? We'll see that uh, in a few minutes. But to me, it's uh, Doug Williams all the way. Doug Williams retains his X Division Championship. You know, that's a good point. I, I also think that uh, Doug Williams retains here. I, I don't think... Uh, <laughs> I, I really don't see any other way around it, to be quite honest. I think that uh, when you look at you know who we have in these matches, I, it's Doug Williams all the way. Shannon Moore, again, a guy who just came back after not having a successful run in TNA last time. I don't know. I, getting the title shot first out the gate when there's other people who have, I guess, earned that right, you know, whatever. Uh, obviously, they, they have somewhere they're going with this, but I think Doug Williams has been a very solid... Uh, champion as the X Division champion, and I'll be quite honest, I love his finisher uh, that he does the uh, the German suplex into uh, it's like a multiple move. It's fucking sweet as shit. I mean, it's it's <laughs> badass, right? So I I think that you know, in my pick for this, obviously, I think Doug Williams retains. Um, going to what Mark the Shark DiCarlo has chosen, he has chosen, believe it or not, Shannon Moore. He thinks wow. that uh, Shannon Moore's going over in this, and, and I'm glad because there's some difference in uh, in who we're choosing here. So, yeah, uh, Mark DeShark DiCarlo has chosen Shannon Moore to win the X Division Championship from Doug Williams. You know what? It's a case where Shannon Moore could have been in the later match that we're going to talk about, this number one contender showcase match, and have it where that match is like uh, Kazarian, Daniels, Red, Kendrick, and... Shannon, and then have the winner face Doug Williams later in the program. To me, that works better because any wrestling fan worth their, worth their salt knows that Kazarian, Daniels, Red, and Kendrick, the fourth place guy in there is better than Shannon Moore is, but Shannon Moore's getting the title shot. So this is improper booking. I think Shannon Moore deserves a contract, and like I said, his friend Sugar Shane is going to be joining him anytime soon. I don't know where Evan Courageous is, but I don't think a lot of people care. I don't think Evan Courageous knows where Evan Courageous is. <laughs> but uh, Shannon Moore and Doug Williams, we have a split decision on. We go to match four, of course, not guaranteed in any sort of order outside of what Wikipedia is predicting. And I think, Jeff, this is a case where this result, Kevin Nash and Eric Young versus Scott Hall and Sean Waltman, seems so obvious seems so dedicated, seems so one-dimensional, 
that this would be the perfect time to completely flip it on its ass and give everybody what they're not expecting, which is, of course, Eric Young and Nash defeating Holland Six. Holland Six not being seen for three or four months and Nash and Young still being the best of friends. So are you saying that your pick is Nash and Young? I'm No, I, but I'd love to see it. If, if Nash and Young legitimately win tomorrow night, I will be ecstatic. It'll be a prediction. I'll be. I will not mind going going the wrong way on. Hold on. Let me correct you on something. You just said legitimately win in a predetermined sport called pro wrestling. Well, you know what I meant. I know what you meant. I just thought it was funny that you said that. Oh, okay. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I, we're gonna go with with uh, Mark the Shark DiCarlo's pick for this first. Sure. He has actually picked. Believe it or not, I know this is a shocker, ladies and gentlemen. The band, Holland Six, the Wolf Pack, will go over in this particular match. What do you think about a swerve when the whole idea two months ago that Nash didn't get along with Hall and X-Pac, where they pretended that they didn't, like, I mean, basically, they're leading to a two-month scenario that gets changed in an instant where, oh, Nash was just fooling Eric Young the whole time, and he really was with with uh, Hall and Sixpack the whole time, and, and he was just trying to double-cross his good friend Eric Young. Ha, 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 really funny joke. To me, it's not worth a two- or three-month build-up for this obvious of a, of a turn, because Kevin Nash is going to turn on Eric Young, just like Matt Morgan's going to turn on Hernandez, and the band is going to be back together like we all expect. And Kevin Nash, don't forget, still has his... Tag team, or I was going to call it tag team money in the bank. Tag team feaster fired case. The other two have been have been cashed in, but Kevin Nash has a tag title shot whenever he wants it, and and I think one of the members of the band is going to be helping him try to try to cash that in and try to win it. Well, you know, and my pick for this was that you know that's exactly what's going to happen. That Nash is going to turn on Eric Young and allow Hall and Sixpack to get the pin. The Wolf Pack will be reformed. They're not going to be the band anymore. It's going to be the Wolf Pack. You know, rightfully so, they're going to be Bischoff's minions. And that's the way we're going. That's the direction that they're heading. I would be surprised to uh, to see, you know, Nash and Eric Young uh, beat Hall and Six. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it just makes more sense to have the Wolf Pack get reformed for Hall and Waltman to get their contracts. I mean, because really, what do you do if you take them off the air? They're pretty much done. It's not like they can go run to Vince and say, hey, I need a job. Uh, we legitimately lost that match. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to go with uh, with Hall and Waltman and uh, the reformation of the Wolfpack. So that's my that's my pick. So I think we have a clean sweep, if I if I recall what the Sharks said. Yeah, that is a clean sweep on this one. It's, it's a no-brainer. I, I don't see any way around it. Yeah, it pretty much is a no-brainer, isn't it? Well, we move on to something that probably won't be a no-brainer, depending on where they want to go with it, and that's Kurt Angle and Mr. Anderson. Don't forget, this got started on the opening uh, a first-round match during the eight-man, uh, eight-card stud tournament to determine a new champion, or, uh, excuse me, a new number one contender for AJ Styles or Abyss at lockdown, and it was a first-round match between Kurt Angle and Mr. Anderson. Everybody on Quick Picks had Kurt Angle going over, and in this match, and even advancing to the final and even winning it. But Mr. Anderson got the victory that night with the... Actually, I think I did pick Anderson. 
Oh, I'm sorry you did. That's right. Yeah, my apologies. Um, and Mr. Anderson uh, used the uh, used the dog tags to cut uh, Kurt Angle open and, and win that contest to three of the four people's shock on this network. Not you, but the other three of us. And now the whole military thing is is kind of an, an extra element that I think is adding to the cheese factor. I might be the only one that thinks it this way, but... No, no, it, it, it's right up there with... No! As far as cheesy goes. Yes. Yeah, James Earl Jones in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, you know what? Revenge of the Sith, still one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but come on. The ending? Come on. Cheesy as shit. No! You give birth to twins, but you still lose the the will to live. Anyway. Yeah, it happens. Uh, have you ever raised kids? Trust me. <laughs> they drain it out of you. It's true. You know it's what? damn true. I, I ran into a friend of mine last night who has who had triplets, and I think they're about three or four years old now. I bet that hurt. Well, it was the female of the couple, yeah. Oh, so well, good. I ran into her uh, last night, and she looks pretty tired, <laughs> i got to tell you. It's been three or four years with, with triplets is uh, pretty pretty fantastic, but... Well, t- talking from somebody who doesn't have any kids yet, it uh, maybe I don't see it completely from your perspective. But uh, Kurt Angle and Mr. Anderson, to me, if I, I think you'll agree that the military portion of this has just, once again, just added to the, the silliness and the, the cheese factor of this whole feud. And, and leave it to TNA to have a special guest uh, ring announcer from the military to start this match off, because we've only seen that about a dozen times in TNA. I, you know what? I'll start this one off. Believe it or not, I think this feud has legs, and I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. And I am going to say that Anderson goes over Angle just because in the last couple of weeks, Angle has gotten the better of uh, of Ken Anderson as of late. I'm going to have to go with uh, with Anderson getting a dubious pin over Kurt Angle or some type of screw job finish. Uh, it's... Ken Anderson all the way. I like Ken Anderson as well, simply because because there is so the he's your oper- biggest fan. He is my biggest fan, okay, absolutely. That's, that's why. Well, that's not the only reason. Uh, it's a main one, but not the only reason. Um, lockdown seems destined for these two, and a cage match on an all cage pay per view seems like the perfect way to end this. Like I said, when you're fighting the the battle of the WrestleMania count. The WrestleMania countdown show and the WrestleMania day after show at the same time slot that you're running against, you have to have something that has some familiarity to it. And, excuse me, the night after Destination X isn't a complete reset into into lockdown. Obviously, lockdown's one of their big two or three that they profess every year. Slammiversary, Bound for Glory, and Lockdown. Those are their basically their big three where everything kind of gets resolved. So look for... Maybe a a double DQ or a a complete no contest non finish, where like I said, it makes perfect sense for a cage match to be where they settle it. But if I have to pick a winner, I will take Anderson in a match that really should be uh, very very good, considering how not very good other other things could be in this con in this uh, pay per view. So you and I have decided we're going with uh, Mr. Anderson. Yes, and uh, believe it or not. It's not a clean sweep. Mark the Sharks oh, and Carlo me with Shark. has chosen Kurt Angle. So uh, there you go. 
I'm liking this because it's like we're splitting it down the middle. I really like that. It's unfortunate that we don't have uh, you know the Tray Dog or or Boom Boom on the show tonight to really have uh, you know some more varied picks. But I am liking that not everybody's agreeing on this, and I think that's going to make for an interesting night tomorrow night. So yeah, yeah it I, should make uh, our our coverage of Destination X live on Sunday Night Showdown very very interesting. Now Mark Deshart and Carla will be back for Sunday Night Showdown tomorrow to cover Destination X. Uh, just throwing it out there. Unfortunately, Harmony will not. So there we go. Moving on to the next match. I'm not sure if we've covered this one yet or not, but uh, the ladder match, the four-way ladder match. We've got Kazarian versus Daniels versus Amazing Red versus Brian Kendrick. Uh, I want to start this one off, actually. This is going to be one hell of a match, just simply because of the four talents uh, in this match. I've seen great things with Kendrick in his WWE tenure. Uh, when it comes to ladder matches, uh, we've seen Red do some fantastic things. We know we know Daniel's pedigree uh, in professional wrestling and what he does in that X division. We also know what Kazarian has brought to the table. With all of that said, this is going to shock you, motherfuckers. I think Brian Kendrick steals the win here. Wow. I, I think that it gets set up. There's some type of crazy-ass move. Kazarian and Daniels are focused on each other. I think... A red does some stupid thing where he gets hurt, and Kendrick takes advantage of the situation, climbs the ladder, and wins this match. We haven't seen Kendrick win a match since his debut. Uh, if he's going to get one, this is the one I would say he's due. So my pick for this in this ladder match between these four superstars, Brian Kendrick. Well, you know what? I was going to say before you uh, went first that Brian Kendrick needs a big outing. He needs to hit two or three fantastic offensive moves off the ladder and make people remember that he is a legitimate contender and not just being brought in to job because he was a job squad member in uh, WWE after the whole split off with uh, Ezekiel Jackson. Who knew? Well, probably a lot of people knew that Zeke would <laughs> would have more success after that uh, split than Kendrick would. To me, Kazarian coming back... I'm coming back after two years because I really believe in the X division and know that it has to that is that it has to be where it was when the company first started seven years ago. I'm the guy who can lead it there. Christopher Daniels, think about the drop he's taken since the Hogan regime showed up. Amazing Red's a former champion, so he's always got a shot. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, a good friend of ours, and uh, he will uh, win this contest. I'm a big fan of Frankie Kazarian. Suicide, not as much, but I'm a, a huge fan of, of Frankie Kazarian. I, I didn't not know that I was a good friend of Frankie Kazarian. Well, we had him on the old show uh, a few that years ago. That doesn't mean he's a friend of mine. No, well, okay, well then, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his, and since Kennedy's a big fan of mine, then or Anderson's a big fan of mine, that means Anderson's a big fan of Kazarian's also. I've worked shows with his wife, but we're not best of buddies. Who's Kazarian's wife? Tracy Brooks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they recently released Tracy Brooks. I thought they were... I, I didn't know they were married. I thought they were just together. No, no, they're married. Okay, well, Kazarian is your no, new number one contender to the X Division Championship because he wins. Uh, and, of course, uh, Mark the Shark DiCarlo has also <laughs> picked Kazarian. I, I, was hoping, hey! I was hoping for some type of uh, three-way mismatch where maybe he would have picked the Amazing Red or maybe he would have gr- agreed with me on, on Brian Kendrick uh, or even Christopher Daniels, who I think probably will win this, but I'm sticking with my pick. I think 
This is Brian Kendrick's time to shine in this match. And it's going to surprise people because you're thinking it's going to be Daniels or Kazarian. Of the four people in this match, he's the only one that's never been an X Division champion. That's true. And so I, I got to stick with my boy, Kendrick. Wouldn't surprise. Well, when you give a complete unknown like Shannon Moore, who just shows up and gets a shot, maybe a, a, a more recently unknown Kendrick gets a, sh- gets a shot too. Who the hell knows? Hey, don't forget, he's a former WWE champion. Yeah, for two and a half minutes during the scramble match. Exactly. But he but, did win that belt during the scramble. But it doesn't go down historically in the record books, which is, in a strange way, I'm glad that WWE clarified that. That way, uh, the title, unlike the hardcore title, didn't change hands eight times in 20 minutes. Yeah, but he still had a longer run than Yokozuna's first run. That's true. At two minutes, he did. But bring, you know what? Bring back the scramble match. I'm not, sure they will. Not three in the same night, but bring back the scramble match for sure. Uh, Rob Terry and Brutus Magnus for the Global Championship. And don't be mistaken, folks, this is not a world television title. It's not a United States title. It's not an intercontinental title. It's just a big gold belt that Brutus Magnus and Rob Terry will fight over. Rob Terry trying to be a sympathetic babyface who can't work. Brutus Magnus trying to be a double-crossing heel who can work. Please, God, let Brutus Magnus win tomorrow night. Please. So that's your pick. Yes. Uh, let's see. Let's go with. Uh, let's go over to Mark the Shark DiCarlo's picks via email. Uh, for the TNA Global Championship, he has Brutus Magnus going over Rob Terry. So you guys are in agreement on that. I, however, am going to completely disagree. I like the fact <laughs> that they're using Rob Terry. And he's actually succeeding, to be quite honest. Yeah, despite himself. Doesn't matter. I I like Rob Terry, and I think that now is not the time to take this championship off of him. I think this feud maybe has some more legs to it. I think that uh, Rob Terry retains, and Magnus continues to keep trying. But I'm not not sold on Brutus Magnus. I'm just not. I don't really care much for his entering talent. I don't think he's great on a microphone. Not that Rob Terry is any better, but for what they're using Rob Terry for since the uh, British invasion broke up, I think he's doing a fantastic job as the champion, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. So with that said, I'm sticking with Rob Terry as the champion. So there, there's our split right there. I think we're going to be split on every match except uh, except one. Because let's uh, continue here. Tara and Daphne. Now, once again... We talk about Shannon Moore just showing up and getting a title shot. We show up. We we talk about Brian Kendrick possibly winning, just showing up and possibly winning tomorrow to get a title shot. Daphne has been jobbing for at least six to seven months because I remember uh, she was up here for a PWA show, Prairie Wrestling Alliance show back in August, and she was going nowhere, and that was in August. So suddenly <laughs> she decides to. Uh, be the vampire chick that we all know and love, but suddenly attacks Tara and, oh yeah, you get a title shot, even though you've been jobbing to everybody for the last six or seven months. This is an interesting time for the uh, the TNA women because Awesome Kong is definitely gone. That was confirmed earlier this week. Hamada has not been seen, although I, I didn't catch uh, Impact on Monday night quite yet. I don't think Hamada's been back. And three women have have titles 
in that company right now, the tag champions and the individual champion. And without Kong, it's it's a completely different dynamic in that dressing room. Yeah, obviously the idea of only one person dominating because nobody can physically beat her up without a lot of help is is a different dynamic, but not Daphne's turn, and it's not ever going to be Daphne's turn. Unfortunately, I, I think she's a great worker, and she knows exactly what she is. It just doesn't work, and I mean, the fact that three or four months since uh, Angelina Love came back, she still can't get the the issue to be settled with the beautiful people. They're spinning their tires, and they're not going forward. Let's see. Uh, as far as my opinion on this match... It, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. I like Daphne, but uh, I'm gonna stay. I, I'm gonna have to say Tara retains this title. Uh, you know, she deserves to have a run as the women's champion, the knockouts champion over here. Uh, probably one of the most certifiable badass professional women's wrestlers uh, that they have on the roster. I don't see that changing anytime soon. It would be an interesting dynamic to have Daphne win it. Don't think it's gonna happen. I'm gonna go ahead and stick with Tara. Mark the Shark DiCarlo has also decided to go with Tara. So in this one match, we're all clean sweeping it. Uh, Tara retains the Knockout Divisions Championship. All right, that moves us on to the main event. It's time for the main event. Abyss and AJ Styles, where everything they've been talking about is that is that uh, <clears throat> D'Angelo De Niro gets a shot at Styles got at lockdown. So I'm thinking, before they announce match one for this card... Well, it's got to be some sort of tag match or some sort of schmoz type of scenario where AJ's not defending the belt. Oh, oh, uh, apparently AJ has to face Abyss and get and give Abyss a title shot. So, once again, <laughs> I mean, you could say this about four or five different matches. You know what? If they completely swerve everything tomorrow night and I'm and I get 8 out of 9 wrong, perhaps it will be a very entertaining show and then I'll shut my mouth. But to me, TNA has been giving us booking that is something a four-year-old could figure out after watching the show for a couple of weeks. AJ's hanging on to this belt, just like everyone would have predicted before Abyss ever walked into the ring with this whole Hogan and Flair issue. AJ faces D'Angelo at lockdown, and that's a match I'm really looking forward to. I will go with Mark the Shark to Carlos pick. He has also chosen AJ Styles to retain his title. Uh, the Monster Abyss not going to win tomorrow night. And to sum it up, I'm in total agreement with you guys. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer here. AJ Styles is having a decent run as a heel champion. I think that the finish will come when Ric Flair either pulls the referee out of the ring as Abyss uh, hits the black hole slam and tries to pin AJ Styles. And uh, it will result in AJ getting the upper hand, uh, either hitting the um, the Styles Clash or the Spiral Tap, and winning by surprise, maybe even a roll-up, to be quite honest. Uh, after the referee gets pulled out of the ring, it's possible that he could come up behind Abyss, roll him up for the 1-2-3, and that would be a way for him to retain the title and still have that heel heat, uh, and Abyss still look pretty strong in the fact that he was screwed. Because I don't think they're going to make Abyss go out there and just job out and make AJ look like a million bucks. No. Uh, Abyss is going to look strong in this match, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to the wire. But ultimately, Ric Flair is going to be the consummate heel manager and do what he does best and help AJ Styles retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. It's a no-brainer. Clean sweep here. 
We're all picking AJ, and I'm pretty sure that we are going to see AJ Styles versus uh, D'Angelo De Niro, the Pope, at lockdown. It's a lock. That's a match I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, and we could even see a new champion crowned on that night. You never know. Uh, this is TNA, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, Abyss not going over tomorrow night. AJ retains. Right, exactly, and it's it's just that simple, unfortunately, because we'd like to have a more complicated scenario where you're kind of fifty fifty on a match. the The matches I enjoy predicting the most on a show like this, like Quick Picks, is where I'm literally fifty one forty nine or fifty fifty on a scenario because I could see the potential of both scenarios and the positivity of both scenarios. So it's not what we're going to get at Destination X. When you see how the focus was going to go from an all-X division pay-per-view to a, "Uh uh-oh, we can't do an all-X division pay-per-view, what the fuck are we going to do now, panic, this is the kind of card that you get. This is not the fault of the wrestlers. This is not their issue whatsoever. So please don't think that I'm giving that perspective because this is not the issue of the workers. They just go out and perform. But this is on-the-fly this is Shannon Moore, Daphne, on-the-fly booking. Lock, you know they've been counting down to lockdown since they showed up January 4th because that they know that's one of their big three. And if they can get a few dozen buys when it comes to uh, tomorrow night compared to WrestleMania and UFC, they just want to survive tomorrow and then look forward to uh, one of their showcase shows. No, I would agree with that. You know what? We're going to take a quick commercial break since we've got uh, the pay-per-view predictions out of the way. We'll take a quick commercial break, come back, take some phone calls, find out what you guys think about Destination X live on pay-per-view. We're going to be covering that, of course, right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. With that said, guys, we'll be right back right after this. Gentlemen, Wrestling News Live is proud to bring to you a day in the life of Ric Flair.
has been a day in the life of Ric Flair, brought to you by Wrestling News Live. All right, guys, we're back on another edition, of course, of Quick Picks. Now is the time we're going to open up those phone lines. And, of course, you can give us a call. Just add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype line. Or you can call us at 501-588-7957. Long-distance charges may apply. But let us know what you think about the card for Destination X. And we'll take care of that uh, momentarily. What a great show we're having tonight, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh Going to be an interesting show tomorrow night. I mean, you think about the guys who are going to be not scheduled and hope you make hope they make an appearance. Sting, Van Dam, D'Angelo, De Niro, and guys like that. It's going to be a compelling show, but it's going to be watched by not very many people because I don't know. To me, there's a lot of UFC and pro wrestling fans who only have a limited budget over the next nine days. That's true. With that said, we actually do have a caller. Uh, welcome to SNS Quick Picks. Who is this? How's it going, guys? This is Straight Edge Cyberstar, Daryl O'Connor, ringing in. Hey, Daryl. What's going on, buddy? Not much, guys. Just, you know, really, I actually cannot wait for this pay-per-view tomorrow night. It's going to be deadly. You think so? I, guess, I think so. Like, I was looking at the card, and, you know, it's one of the best cards TNA put together in a long time. I'm actually, you know, if WrestleMania wasn't next week, as you guys have been saying all night, you know... It probably would have have much more excitement around, but because you know WrestleMania is next week, it is going to be passed over. But well, like it look, it's a very very strong card, you know. What outside of the uh, out of outside of the the championship match gives you the impression that it's a strong card? Not that I'm disagreeing with you, but what what's your what are some of your highlight matches that I guess I'm not thinking are highlights? Well, you know, Generation Me and the Motor City Machine Guns, they're going to put on the show. Yeah, definitely, now, definitely. 
the thing about this is, right, this is the kind of pay-per-view that people who don't like the flippy-flippy kind of, you know, X-Division kind of stuff won't really like, and it probably will get slated, but that is, that's, they are going to put on a show, and that's going to be an awesome way to, to open the pay-per-view. Um, Shannon Moore, as well, is going to go in and show what he can do. You know, he hasn't really been given a form before to open up. I think we'll see a very strong showing from him. Um, I've been really, really enjoying the Kurt Angle, Mr. Anderson feud. Now, they kind of blew it off there two weeks ago in Impact, you know, where they did the big match and they had the big celebration. But, you know, those two guys working together, it's very enjoyable. And we'll probably get a very good promo from Anderson going in and they'll put in a solid match. And, you know, then you have Daphne and Tara, okay? Daphne from day one, I I love this woman. She's fantastic. You know, the gimmick is awesome. And, man, the bump she can take is just unreal. It's her t- it, it is her time to, you know, either be a le- legitimate contender or the champion. You know, I, I would really love to see her going over. So I just think it, it's the combination of what TNA have been doing. And, it, you know, it just, once again, puts them in the right direction. Are you actually familiar with, uh, with Daphne when she debuted uh, back in WCW back in the day? Yes, actually. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I've, just... I've always liked her from day one, too, especially the uh, the screamer gimmick that she always had. That was deadly. That was really, really cool. Like, and if you go back and you know watch the old WCW stuff, it's very, very similar to what she's been doing. And that was a really sad thing when WCW went down. It's like, oh, where's Daphne going to go now? You know, like, <laughs> and she just kind of went into obscurity. But now that she's back in, you know, on a kind of global format, it's great to see her back where she is, you know? Well, you know, it's funny when we bring that up, uh, you know, when, when she left and, uh, you know, Vince bought out the WCW, where was she going to go? I mean, that's a that's a very good point. I, I kind of feel like, you know, even Melina kind of stole some of her gimmick uh, from Daphne. If you remember back when she used to manage uh, Nitro and Mercury, that's all she did was yell. It used to bug the shit out of me. It never was the same as when Daphne did it. Uh, but I think she kind of stole a lot of her aspects of her gimmick uh, from Daphne back in WCW. I think you have an excellent point, though. I think that if the time was to put the belt on her, I, it could be now. I think that it's going to be a good match, and she'll be a bumping machine for Tara. But I just don't see Tara losing that title anytime soon. I mean, these matches, when they have a one-show or a two-show build, just don't work for me. I mean, suddenly Shannon Moore shows up and attacks... Doug Williams, that's fine, but he gets a title shot over it. And like I said, um, I don't think Daphne's done much of of anything on the winner side of the bracket uh, since about August. I mean, yeah, she's been involved with the whole uh, Doctor Stevie Abyss issue, but job, 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 title shot. I, I don't care if it's Daphne or Shannon Moore or Hulk Hogan. That's just not a combination for for anybody, and and a, a progression for anybody. Hmm. You know, it is something that they need to address, and the card kind of a good few of the matches they've put together over the past couple of weeks. But then a few, you know, as you said, you have we got jobbers going against it. You know what I mean? But um, Shannon Moore showed up, and they did they blew off the match he had played for this on Impact. Okay, so they need to do something. I think they want they they are trying to rebuild their X division into something more credible. You know, and you need someone who, you know, can work, but was never given the format to work. I think they're trying to, you know, make Shannon Moore into somebody that TNA can actually use rather than, you know, oh, this former WWE guy. 
you know, and as far as Daphne goes, once again, just the way she presents herself and carries herself, she looks on, you know, just kind of scary, you know, and that's what they're going for. They want someone who, you know, she could win because we don't know what to expect from her. And that's what I think they're going for. No, that's a good point. Uh, and I'd like to see Daphne go over here, but I, I just I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I do have a question for you in the chat room. Goosey wants to know if you actually got drunk on Wednesday. Dude, I'm straight edge. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, I think everybody else did in Ireland, but uh, no, I'm straight edge. <laughs> That's right. This is the si- this straight edge cyberstar we're talking to. Yep, sure is. <laughs> so was the green beer flowing all over Ireland on Wednesday? Yeah, lots of green Guinness is flowing all over the place. And actually, <laughs> it's weird. My sister was over in New York, so she wasn't over here. <laughs> she was over, you know, closer to where you guys are now than uh, where I am today. <laughs> Funny enough. Midway but, through uh, the Atlantic, probably. Anyway. Yeah. Did you, uh, <laughs> just, you know, want, wanted to wish everybody, uh, you know, belated same, happy St. Patrick's Day. Like, did you guys have a good one, yeah? Absolutely, Dara. And same to you, and we hope you had a great time. We hope everyone had a great time. On March the 17th, I had to work, but every I hope everyone else had a great time. Well, let me see. Uh, I sat at home uh, with three children, so I'm pretty sure that I didn't hey. have a great St. Patty's Day. And you had green <laughs> Jello and green Kool-Aid. Uh, no, Dave. You get the rubber <laughs> tortilla, okay? No. I sat here literally and had to watch kids. I mean, after all, you know, I am Mr. Mom on the mic. Yes. Apparently, that's what I have been dubbed. So, uh, yeah, Harmony out of town for 10 days. And, of course, she comes back. She'll be home a week, and then she's gone again. So uh, the chaos for me just never ends here. But wouldn't you ha- ha- didn't you want to have that big theme night, green jello, green Kool-Aid? I mean, if you couldn't have green beer, you might as well have green Kool-Aid. Okay, Dave, you're fired. <laughs> Pack your <laughs> shit up and leave. Well, how else do you entertain a three-year-old on St. Patrick's Day? Uh, you let her watch Mickey Mouse or uh, a Barbie movie or, or something entertaining to that uh, that effect. <laughs> Do you think she knows what day it is? Like, she doesn't give a shit. Well, you know She's what? three years old, Dave. Come on. You know what this... Dare, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the, the Simpsons sent St. Patrick's Day episode? Fan-frickin-tastic. Where they ban yeah, alcohol and good. stuff? Oh, that's great. That's just fantastic. The Beer Baron? The Beer Baron. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And Excellent. Dave... And Dave Thomas playing the uh, playing the the detective. I know you're out there. I'm gonna catch you. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bruce. No, not what. What was his name? Not Bruce Banner, but what was it? Uh, well, yeah, it the, wasn't the, the Hulk. The character's name. The Hulk is green, and it was Bruce Banner, but that's not the character we're talking about. I guess Rex Banner. Rex, that's it. Thank you, Rex Josh. Rex Banner. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dara. Thank you very, very much. Hold on, before I go, oh, absolutely. I have something for everybody in the chat room, okay? I have a guest now joining me, okay? Okay. Uh, okay. All right, lads, this is Seamus. I'm going to batter Triple H next week at WrestleMania. Rui. There you go. Oh, see you, Seamus. There's Seamus. He just came in to, you know, cut a promo on uh, the SNS network. And what a great promo by Seamus that was. Tell Seamus thank yeah. you for me. No problem, no problem. You know what? In seven days, I can't wait to talk about that Sheamus Triple H match and what exactly is going to happen to to him because that's going to make an interesting discussion and I think that's going to be a a real split decision among all the the callers and all the uh, SNS crew. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation of that match 
uh, Triple H versus Sheamus uh, for next week's quick picks the night before oh, WrestleMania. Well, I'm going to say it now since I actually have Dara on the line. I, I got to be honest. I think the WWE is going to completely drop the ball with this match unless Sheamus goes over. Uh, when you think about the injury that Triple H has right now, he's, he's got problems with his back. The fact that Stephanie is pregnant with the third child. The fact that Shawn Michaels has had the talk with him, that it, it's his time to step it up. I honestly think that if they don't put Sheamus over, if Triple H wins this match and beats Sheamus, they are dropping the ball on something major. I think Sheamus going into his first WrestleMania, he should absolutely win this against Triple H. That way people will stop bitching about Sheamus doesn't belong there. Sheamus doesn't have any title or he doesn't have any legitimacy to his run beating Triple H on the grandest stage of them all after having a uh, a few month WWE title reign will do wonders for Sheamus's career and I think he's got all the tools he needs to succeed and it's going to be a drop of the ball if they don't put Sheamus over. Oh, without a doubt, like that—that's what they need to do. And you know, probably next week uh, we'll be talking about this a bit more. But you know, um, Sheamus, you know, is coming in as a monster, and I think that's the whole point. Why they're trying to put him up against Triple H. You know, obviously he has friends in the right places. Putting him up against somebody who has a really good record at WrestleMania. Now he hasn't made the guys, you know, and this could be his chance to both redeem, you know, uh, Sheamus's, you know, fluky title run and Triple H's reputation of not making people. So I think you're right, JJ and. You know, hopefully we'll see that. All right, Darrell. Well, thanks for calling in, buddy. And I guess we'll talk to you uh, next week right here on Quick Picks. No problem, guys. See you then. All right, buddy. So yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to the show next week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens. Uh, you know, going into this, what you know, what we think could happen, obviously with WrestleMania. Uh, but we actually do have another caller on the line. Welcome to SNS Quick Picks. Who is this? Well, we've got to keep the international flavor going on here, so I thought I'd just call in to know Mark the Shark to call me out this week. That's right. We, you know, Dave thinks he's the worldwide phenomenon, but it just seems like all the callers that call us are the worldwide phenomenons. Like, we're global, baby. We're not local. We're global. And everybody, it doesn't matter if you're from New Zealand, if you're from Ireland, if you're from Scotland, I'm waiting for the Japanese to start calling this show. Hopefully they speak English. If not, it's going to be a real quick call. But I want, to, I want like people from every nook and cranny, Ethiopia, I don't care where you are, I want you to call into the show. The International Network. That's right. That's not a network. It's not a network. That's right. We're, we're the, the network international network. island of misfit shows. The international. Island. There you go. Well, we just well well we have those guys on uh, on Sundays. Uh, Ministry of Slam. So I guess we are an in- international island of misfit shows because uh, Ministry of Slam. Uh, those guys show of the year I think for the Wrestling Radio Awards now on the SNS network every Sunday afternoon and Sunday night uh, for Crelly's time period, but uh, they're going to be part of the big, 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 big annual AudioWrestling.com Super Spectacular WrestleMania Countdown Show, which, of course, we will be the headliners for, as always. Uh, Joshua Pedra says that uh, he can call in and speak Japanese to me. Um, That'd be a quick conversation. I I know a couple words in Japanese. uh, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Uh, I know how to order a drink, you know. Domo arigato. That's basically. There you go. So, I mean, yeah, sure, why not? No, you know what? I, I do want to see more international people coming in. I'm loving that. I am loving everybody that I see on a weekly basis come to this network. New faces, old faces. I love it, quite frankly. 
Yeah, it's just like... Keep it coming. Yeah, we, yeah. We, what were you doing? Oh, I was doing a radio show. I talked to somebody from Ireland and another guy from England, uh, just live on Skype, because it wasn't a 10-hour a delay like satellites used to be even just a short time ago. That's amaz- what, What's amazing about Skype is that they've really improved their product. I mean, when you get the Oprah bump, you can't help but improve your product. But, uh, yeah, we're talking to, to people from from the other side of the Atlantic like they're right in the room with us, so it's pretty fantastic. Crowley, what are you thinking about this pay-per-view? Uh, where are you well, in the, on the... There's the Dara scale at one end, and there's the ID scale at the other end. Where where do you fall? Well, at first, when I first saw the card, I was like, oh, yes, this is going to be another shit pay-per-view. But uh, earlier, I was watching some of the old X-Vision stuff, and I enjoy it. I know it's spot fest and that shit, but it, it, it is entertaining. And the casual fan would rather watch a spot fest with seeing guys who like 10 million somersaults than watch Shawn Michaels vs. Undertaker. So it might draw in a few casual fans. And I know some people don't like it, but it's entertaining to watch. Plus, I'm pretty sure half of them will, will, will try and kill themselves by, by doing fantastic spots. So I don't think it's going to be people of the year, but in no way do I think it's going to be as bad as, I don't know, let's say December to December, to December when that was on the air. Uh, yeah, so, I, I, I would have to agree. I don't think that anything could, could mash up to that um, other than watching Internet Dave dance. Uh, I don't think anything is that bad, uh, and, and it, it's pretty bad when I'm a, a collector of wrestling DVDs, and I came across uh, December to Dismember at a uh, at a local pawn shop for three bucks, and I wouldn't even pick it up. So uh, it's, that's got to tell you something right there. But like, I think what's interesting about the pay per view is that it, that, it, that is a Hulk Hogan, a Hulk Hogan Eric Bischoff pay per view, and they've been better, and they've been better than the than the previous regime. So I'm thinking that this might not as be as spotty as we think. It might be like slowed down. Yes, there'll be spots, but it won't be spot like too many. And we, like the, the last few TNA pay-per-views under Hulk Hogan have been have been great. I mean, um, the, I guess the odds I thought was, was a great pay-per-view. Well, you know and what? Before, I'll, on. I'll say one thing about about the the X Division t- matches tomorrow night, Crowley, and that is that, and that is. That um, if the four-way ladder match and the Ultimate X match are exactly the same spotty, spotty Ultimate X ladder match type matches, then the people's pattern who think that it's going to just be a spot fest where there's no psychology and no real work in the ring are going to continue to think that way. These have to be three completely different matches within the same style within the same X division cruiserweight type style to be able to be executed correctly. So it's going to be a, a key key tomorrow night to for those guys to present three dissimilar matches because if they're three identical matches, then the haters are going to be hating and even the, the the even the halfway uh 50-50 people in the X division could become haters very quickly as well. Well, that's a problem for example, when when WWE had three three elimination last year, they had to try and book three matches the, the same way, and or, no, sorry, sorry, try and make it differently. And I, I'm hoping that this, I'm pretty sure that they, they, they will be booked differently because, like I said, if they book the same, all the WWE fans will be like, ah, it's a shit product. The t- the t- the t- the, t- the t- teenage fans will, will try to defend it, and the neutrals will be like, well, that's a waste of time. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping for, I'm hoping that it. 
that, that this review does well because I've seen people going, this review is just on so they can fire the whole Dexter the whole Dexter saying that, that, that they don't draw. I'm hoping that this does well because I want TNA to succeed because we want them to be Monday nights because we want to have the, the opportunity to switch over between Raw and Impact. And that's why we need TNA to put on good pay-per-views so the fans are like, oh, I'll give, out, I'll give their, their, uh, their Monday night show, show a try. You know, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I think that um, overall, I think TNA is going to do just fine uh, with this pay-per-view. I, I have had no complaints with TNA on pay-per-view this whole year. In fact, it's been a welcome change uh, from the year past. I can remember you know, spending my money uh, the last 12 months and being disappointed with the product uh, that they've had in TNA. I have to admit, under the Bischoff-Hogan era, the first couple of pay-per-views have been fine. I think this one is going to be uh, just as good. And let's let's think back to something that Mike Tenay said just this past week uh, when he was talking about the X Division, uh, that they basically based the X Division off of the Cruiserweight Division in WCW. And Eric Bischoff... Uh, was credited and attributed a lot to that. So I think that if they run this a lot like they did the WCW Cruiserweight division, which, let's face it, if you're a fan of the old WCW, you have to admit that that was one of the main reasons. It wasn't the NWO uh, necessarily that drew you in to watching WCW. It was all the fantastic stuff you saw in that Cruiserweight division. Now, granted, it's different from the X division in a lot of ways. Uh, it seemed like there was more psychology in the cruiserweight division than there is in the X division. Uh, it just seems like there's too much flippy floppy uh, this and that going on in the X division, and moves don't get sold, especially in the case of the Motor City Machine Guns. I've yet to see them actually sell any kind of damage. Um, but I think all three of these matches are going to be different. I don't think any one of them is going to be the same. But if they do, then I, I agree with what Dave said. It's it's really going to tear the pace of this pay per view down. And it's going to be bad. Exactly. Well, I... Okay. Sorry, Carly. Uh, just for uh, those of you who may just be joining us, don't forget if you've missed any of the uh, of the selections for for quick picks tonight. The first, the sixty minute countdown to uh, wrestle to uh, Destination X, of course, will be a uh, replayed version of the first hour of this program. So if you don't know what we picked or you want to hear again what we picked, tune in uh, at seven. Eastern, 4 Pacific, the hour before we go on live for Sunday Night Showdown to get a replay of this broadcast for uh, a 60, the official 60-minute countdown, although I think we went 65 or 66 minutes, to, uh, to get, get us started here uh, for tomorrow night. So are you, are you taking off, Dave? Yeah, i got to get going. I uh, have something else I have to get, get going to. But I uh, thank you very much all for, uh, for tuning in tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll be with you tomorrow. See, that's the problem with the members of this network. They think they're bigger than the show. They think they're bigger than the network. And they think they can just come in and leave whenever they want. Yeah, I gotta go it's earn money. Uh yeah. apparent well, I gotta go earn money now. So Okay, Dave, go earn some money. I mean, you know, granted <laughs> I can't I can't throw anything your way here, so go earn some money. I'll see you tomorrow night. Oh, oh we will eventually. We'll we'll make money off this network. Someday. But I'm not going to charge for my content. So No, of course not. But with that said, uh, Internet Dave has officially, ladies and gentlemen, left the building. The worldwide phenomenon as we know him is gone. Only for a day. I, I shut your mic off. They can't hear you. Get the fuck out.
before I fire your ass. Anything else you want to talk about, Crelly? Well, one last thing to say is the one thing that might hurt the pay-per-view is the lack of promotion. Because I, I actually didn't know that, that, that there was a pay-per-view until this weekend at all. <laughs> and That's not surprising. And, con- and considering that I run a website about wrestling, I, I should know. Well, you and, would think, right? And they and they should, and it's just surprising that they, that they haven't pushed it more. It's kind of like they're like, ah, screw it. It's it's a throwaway pay per view. If it draws so well, if not, we 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 will fire the exhibition. Yeah, I, <laughs> Let, let's hope they don't go that far because I think a lot of people actually uh, still tune into TNA for their X division, and and I really hope that they can revamp. Uh, the X Division. They've got the talent to do so. I want to see what Shannon Moore brings to the table. I want to see Brian Kendrick step up to the plate and show his dominance in this division. I want to see Daniels reestablish himself as one of the uh, driving forces in the X Division. Of course, you've got Frankie Kazarian, who I think is uh, fantastic in the X Division. So you've got a lot of talented people. And Amazing Red, you know, he's he's amazing. And he's red, so he's the Amazing Red. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping that for the sake of like the TNA, that Timothy Pippenview just isn't far away, that they have thought about it carefully, book it correctly, and actually make it somewhat of a, somewhat of a success. But since it is in the shadow of WrestleMania, it won't be a like best-selling pay-per-view of the year. And, and even further than that, I mean, it can't be a bad pay-per-view because Lacey Von Erich's not booked tomorrow night. Oh, why? Why do you have to bring up Lacey Von Erich? <laughs> no. No, Dave. Uh, sorry, um, sorry. No, JJ. Don't bring up AT1X. Yeah, Dave. Not Dave's not here. He's gone. Well, I'll, I'll just bring Dave because I can. No, Lazy One Eric is awesome. Don't just Lazy One Eric. Or I might have to go Andy Andy Nels on your on your ass and start defending her. Yeah, well, that's what the dump button is for. So I'm not really giving a shit at this point in time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I do want to say one thing uh, in regards to the eFed. I I had planned on having it up tonight, but I got to be quite honest. I have had a lot of work to do this past week. Uh, in fact, I haven't even been home a lot this week, other than nights with the kids. So uh, I'm going to be working on that over the next couple of days. I actually have a few days off. So uh, between Sunday, Monday, I'll probably have it up by Tuesday. And this will be the final show before our WrestleMania, which won't be next weekend. It'll be the weekend after WrestleMania when I release it. So I've got a lot of work ahead of me uh, getting everything set up for the uh, big show, WrestleMania, for the for the EFED. So keep that in mind. Sorry that it's not up tonight, guys. I am working on it. Just bear with me. And, and then maybe, th- maybe this preview, I will actually find out my finisher. Because I've yet to, I've yet to hit my finisher. I've only hit a nut shot, okay? That's my one and only move so far in the E-Fed. Oh, and carrying out Snake on a stretcher. So, but hey, this time I... you, you, you did it so well. I mean, the fact that yeah. you, you were able to wheel Snake out, he's a big guy. Uh, so, you know, hey, kudos to you for that. And, and as far as your finisher, you never really gave me one. I think you said the F5 at one point in time, but I can't see your little skinny ass uh, F5 in like Don Juan or, or even Mike Siciliano for that matter. So, uh, we have... I don't know, just go for the, the unputier, or the kill switch, or whatever it's called nowadays. I could probably give that to you, that's not a problem. So, that's me out, and someone else called in, or oh, I'll come kill ya. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he's calling in tonight, he's on, uh, he's obviously busy, so, no Mike Siciliano on the show tonight. What a shame. <laughs> what a shame. I no, wait, please, uh, I'll speak to you probably tomorrow night during the pay-per-view, 
Sounds good. Well, guys, if there's any more calls, uh, definitely now is the time to do so because I'll be wrapping this thing up here in the next few minutes. So overall, I think the show went pretty well tonight. I think we uh, we all had some interesting picks. I'm glad that not everybody agreed. I mean, we did have a few matches that we all agreed on. I mean, obviously, AJ Styles, uh, we all agreed on that one. We all agreed on Tara. And I think we all agreed that uh, the beer money was going over and becoming the new tag team champions. I just don't see any way around that with beer money. I think that this tag team of Hernandi and the blueprint Matt Morgan is destined to be done. And they're obviously moving on to bigger, better things. I think Hernandi is going to AAA to do some stuff. And, of course, you know Matt Morgan is uh, looking to, to establish himself as a heel. So that's what we have to look forward to. Again, AJ Styles, not going to lose the title to Abyss, but I think Abyss is going to come damn close, and it'll be a screw job finish. So either way, that's kind of where that is. But with that said, guys, uh, I think I'm going to wrap this show up. And I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Uh, to this big double header we had tonight with the Pro Wrestling Rewind and, of course, Quick Picks. Be the same next week as uh, we do another double header going into WrestleMania weekend. Uh, and, of course, we'll actually have an early start time on WrestleMania. So I'll get back to you on that because I think they're going about an hour earlier than normal, which means we'll be going an hour earlier than they will. So it's going to be an interesting Sunday next Sunday, and I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing the show and... So with that said, guys, thank you for tuning in. I will see you again tomorrow for another edition of uh, Sunday Night Showdown. And we'll catch you tomorrow for a live edition of Sunday Night Showdown. Peace out. I'm out of here, white people. Use my body to keep you alive.